Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Coming up today on KWTX at 4, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Today we learn about the treatment options after diagnosis. And the Heart of Texas Marine Corps League gives us the details on this year's Leather Neck Fun Run. Plus, we're digging into the gaming gray area concerning skill games that look like slot machines. KWTX at 4 starts now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with meteorologist Jillian Johnson. And right now in Washington, D.C., we're getting some deja vu back to January going on. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio did not get enough votes today to become the next Speaker of the House in the first round of voting. So we've now been without a permanent speaker for two weeks, which means Congress can't do anything. Jordan got 200 votes, but he needed 217. 20 Republicans voted for other Republicans, like former Speaker Kevin McCarthy and House Majority Leader Steve Scalise. And by the way, it took 15 separate voting rounds of voting to elect McCarthy back in January. So we could be in for another long haul. But Jordan says he is ready for the next vote. He's been working to convince others to support him, saying the House needs a speaker as soon as possible. And we know that that is true. It definitely does, especially yes. with what's happening in Israel and everything, and also the need for a support in Ukraine and other things, just running things in general. Um, Politico and other news outlets report that moderate Republicans are looking for another secret, more moderate candidate with hopes of possibly getting some Democrats to support that person okay. too. But we haven't heard any names uh, for sure thrown out from these folks that are, you know, kind of sourcing this information. So we, we do know they need to get to work soon. Mm-hmm. We got to see some things done. Oh, and I, you so. know, a lot of times we think about uh, shows and mm-hmm. you can watch a show and you're like, oh, this is so dramatic. And then you see this unfolding yeah. in real life sometimes. It's a lot to witness right. and unfold and digest each and every day. So, yeah, I think you're right. We, we need somebody, obviously, yeah. in that very important position. Watching it happen and then knowing that it's going to impact us at some point, mm-hmm. so hopefully quickly. Let's get now to our Daily Four. Okay, so the National Park Service is purchasing homes that are at risk of collapsing into the sea in North Carolina due to, well, beach erosion. The service says it will result in safer conditions on the beach after uh, other homes have collapsed into the water and scattered debris in the area in recent years. The government recently bought two houses for a combined total of more than $700,000. The plan now? tear them down before they collapse. The move represents a new chapter in addressing a growing problem of similar at-risk oceanfront properties. Uh, Cape Hatteras, the National Seashore Superintendent, who uh, brokered the two purchases, says it's a new tool in the helping uh, mitigate the problem. Now, the money to buy the homes comes from the Land and Water Conservation Fund, established by Congress in 1964. 
every time I see those images of just like houses falling Your over. Your heart breaks. It's <sighs> sickening. It it's is. sickening, you know, and really, really. And you just really. hope for people, you know, obviously they get people out there, but mm -hmm. even people who just want to enjoy the beach, like yeah. it's, the water's not safe when you have homes right. falling into, into the ocean. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, really, I don't know about the other homeowners who experienced that, like the person we just saw that owned that home that just collapsed, but for these homeowners, at least there's a way out and they get this purchase, this relief. I imagine their homes are probably worth more than the 350000 that they're getting paid, but they're getting something. They're getting, exactly. And so they can get out and leave. So I'm thankful that this is being done. Yeah. So the National Park Service said once the beach is restored, mm -hmm. uh, the adjoining lots will be opened for the public to say enjoy and so yeah. that's I think the next step in all okay. of this um, but really I think it's a, a bigger conversation of how common uh, will one people moving to the coast yeah. and then how more likely we have beach erosion right. and just storms moving through mm -hmm. so definitely conversations need yeah. to be uh, going I think in the planning purposes mm -hmm. for the future and you know insurance has to be just Oof, getting higher and higher and higher mm -hmm. for folks. So, yeah, good to see the National Park Service doing something really great to make an impact there. Now, to number two in our daily four. Um, okay, have you ever boarded a flight and you're on the middle seat? Oh, yeah. Okay, but then so here comes somebody else who's on the passenger seat, right? Mm -hmm. so you've got to get up and do the dance and moving out, da da da. So, it's a log jam when that happens. Yep. And when you have to get into the aisle, there's always luggage has to be moved up so that a person can sit down and get settled. United Airlines has to has a solution, they say, for all this. Mm. Um, so they're introducing a new boarding process to help. So if you're in economy, people in economy with window seats will board first, followed by those in the middle seats and then passengers with aisle seats board last. And the airline says the system is similar to what it actually had until 2017, but there are some more nuances to this. The new process allows pre-boarding, award tier and higher seat class customers to go first. So first class still goes first in business and so on, but basic economy uh, passengers will board last. United will start the process October 26th if you're oh, flying sure. for the holidays. So maybe if you like a window seat, there's a little more incentive. I don't know if they're gonna change the prices at all, but for me, you know, thinking about the, the uh, luggage space, you know, and those overhead bins, you, you kinda wanna get in there and get it stowed yeah. away otherwise you have to check it and everything yeah, and that's no you, fun you gotta wait for yeah it. Mm -hmm. yeah it's oh, always and i think i was just on an airplane yesterday mm -hmm. and we came back and you know I, I had the aisle seat but i was the first one there so i had to get up and then yeah. it's like awkward because you have all these people right. who are waiting and so you really yeah. have no place to move mm -hmm. and you're just standing on top of each right. other it's true. but at the same time when they call your groups a lot of people mm -hmm. don't necessarily go with the same group. So I, I'm interested to see how they're going to be implementing that. Mm -hmm. That's something that maybe I'll have to fly United to check it mm -hmm. out. To see how it works. Yeah. You know, I was, I've always thought about this since I was a little kid thinking, what's the easiest process to get people onto a plane? And if the plane was designed so it just opened up <laughs> flat, you yeah. could just walk right on, no big deal. There you go. Yes. But it's not that way. you so. got to like duck and <laughs> right. you're bumping All into people. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. It's, it's, it's You're like sweating it's, and then you're like, okay, I'm on oh. this plane now for a couple hours and everyone's yeah. kind of just like, okay, let, let me get all my stuff together, make sure I'm comfortable for the flight. And it's just a really hectic I, yeah. time. I know it is. I'm always going to sweat on that plane. Me I mean, too. constantly. It's just going to happen. Yep. It's just happening. It can be 20 <laughs> degrees outside. I'm still sweating. That's the number three in our daily four. Okay, so this is pretty cool. The Walt Disney Company is celebrating its 100th anniversary this week. If you're a fan looking to buy a piece of Mickey Mouse history, you may be in luck. The Lakeland Antique Mall near Orlando, Florida has thousands of unique options. You could buy anything from an actual ride car from Disney's Space Mountain to a popcorn bucket sold at the Magic Kingdom. From $5,000 gloves from an actual Mickey Mouse costume to $8,000 full-size figures that wow. once stood 
and Disney stores. Mm. Vendors at the Lakeland Antique Mall have a special relationship with Disney, which allows them to sell authentic ride parts, res uh, resort furniture, uh, cast member costumes, and much more. There are also uh, some park pins or in smaller toys under $10 and some just at 99 cents. So yeah, if I think if you, you know, you meet some people who mm -hmm. are like, they just go to Disney every yeah. year. And mm -hmm. I think this would be a really cool piece to like take home with you right. if you are a mega fan is what I want to call it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. If you, you know, you saw one really cool thing there, you saw a Tigger on kind of like a, a cellophane kind of a print, uh, you know, kind of a background. Okay, do you know what those are? Mm -mm. Those are called cells. They're called cells, and basically, in the old days of animation, they would put all these together. So they, you know, these artists working in the Disney Studios. I took a tour when I was a kid, like back in it was like 1989 or 90, and you see these artists working and they're painting everything by hand to create the cartoons. So that was one of those that oh, you saw. Wow. So you could actually buy those cells, and my dad bought one from the Little Mermaid, and it was, Whoa. and it's somewhere, and I can't find it. I don't know where it is, but you know it's got to be worth something. Mm -hmm. But those, I think that was one of those, and you see those in, you know. In mass, you could buy a bunch of them, and they weren't even that expensive. Mm. And now they're worth so much. So, so much. It's like yeah. Beanie Babies and all those good things. Where you, like you hold on to it, and it pieces it can of history. Be, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. cool. So if you want to get somebody good, get there. That's it right there. That's oh, one of them. That's so, so yeah, cool. that was yeah. Good. The Lakeland uh, Antique Mall near Orlando, Florida. Go and check it out if you're yeah. heading out to Disney. Get some presents. Let's look now at number four in our daily four. Do you like spicy things? Ooh, I, I'm a little bit of a wimp <sighs> okay, when it comes to the heat. Yeah, you don't want this then. This new chili <laughs> pepper has taken the phrase that's hot to a whole new level. It's called Pepper X. Oh, that looks hot. That's Pepper X. And it just set a Guinness World Record, a new one, as the hottest chili pepper in the world. It took a man named Ed Curry 10 years to grow that pepper into South Carolina greenhouses. Pepper X registers an average of nearly 2.7 million oh, Scoville heat units in lab tests at Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And the previous hottest chili pepper was the Carolina Reaper. We've heard of that one. Okay. That was an average of 1.6 million Scoville heat units. This is double that. Whoa. And the Carolina Reaper was also grown by Curry too. So he did both of them. Um, I, it kind of blows my mind, you know, but that, Sco, that Scoville level, if you watch that show Hot Ones, yes. you can see them going from like 10,000 up and up and up and on. I will never go on that show. I'm not going to do it. No. These poor people who go on this show. This, they're like crying and like, oh, yeah. this is not fun. No. You know? The one with, um, I'm trying to think of who it was. Cardi B oh, is one of, did you watch that one? Yes, it, it was, was one hilarious. of the funniest things I've seen in my life. And uh, there are just some really great ones. You get to know people on a new level when oh, you watch Jennifer that Lawrence show. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence had a really funny she one. She was great, she yeah. Like, what, like, it, it's one of those things that I, they always talk about how it sneaks up on you, uh -huh. or you, you know, they always smell it. And it's like, don't ever smell it, because that's what's like your body is like, oh, that it allows right. it to know that it's some spicy you're oh, about yeah. to eat. And I couldn't handle it. No, no I way. definitely could mm -hmm. not. In case you were wondering, the average jalapeno averages between three and eight thousand Scoville heat units to give you a comparison. <laughs> so think about the jalapeno. Yep. Think about two point blah 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 million. Yeah. <laughs> don't go near that. That's that's probably oh gonna hurt you medically. Uh, you can I mean, get a chemical burn. Out, you know what I'm saying? Well yeah and even in your mouth you can get a chemical burn. Oh. That's oh. you know? And that poor man that does that, the, the host of the show, I think trying to Kramer, is his name Sean Kramer? I can't remember his name. It, it's something like that. Anyway, that man has tough because he has to, he has to ask the questions and maintain his composure. He's eating the same things that they're eating. I so usually he try does to look because isn't he bald? If he I has it, so his it's head. like you you look at yeah. his head and it's <laughs> a bit sweaty. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay. He's, I've he's seen him a little panicky yeah. a couple <laughs> times. Yeah, it's good stuff. Continuing our breast cancer awareness month coverage here on KWTX at four today. 
we are focusing on what happens after you get that breast cancer diagnosis. Here to have that conversation with us is Dr. Stella Amici, an oncologist with Baylor Scott & White's McClinton Cancer Center. Thank you so much for being here. Definitely a very, very important topic uh, to talk about. So this month, um, we've talked about the importance of early detection. Okay. Um, but from the treatment standpoint, you know, how does finding cancer early, how does that affect your outcomes? Thank you, Keisha, for having me. Um, so I, I've dealt, I've been dealing with breast cancer now for several years. So um, I've seen my patients that come in earlier and the ones that are late stages. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, when the patient comes in with a later stage of cancer, now we're dealing with trying to control the disease mm -hmm. compared to a patient that comes in early. My goal then is I want to cure this cancer. What right. do I do to cure it? Now surgery becomes an option. Radiation might become an option. Systemic therapy might be an option. So I have a better chance of being able to get that patient to where they're cancer survivors because mm -hmm. that's our goal right. compared to coming in later then my goal is controlling the disease. Now um, not all breast cancers are the same. No. Can you break down maybe the differences? So there are different types of breast cancer so usually when the patient comes in our first goal is to find out is this a ductal breast cancer just meaning just the location of where they are in the breast. There's a lobular breast cancer, which is also tendon. You know, we have lobes and ducts in our breasts. Mm -hmm. So depending on where it is, that's how the name comes up. But there are also breast cancers called inflammatory breast cancer, mm. which is one that kind of changes the color of the breast, involves a lot more of the skin tissue, and unfortunately, are more aggressive breast cancer. Yes. Then in that doctoral and lobular breast, we have also different types because our main goal to find out is this cancer estrogen fed or is it not? Because the ones that are estrogen fed, you treat them a different way. And the ones that are not estrogen fed, which is the ones we call our triple negative breast cancers, tend to be more aggressive mm -hmm. and require a different form of treatment. The ones that are estrogen fed, um, are those primarily in women who have hit menopause or? Or have no, not unfortunately, okay. it doesn't matter. Oh. So I have 80-year-olds that still have estrogen-positive breast cancer, wow. and is you know the belief is yeah you've lost most of your estrogen right. because you're menopausal, but you still have estrogen in different tissues. Wow. So anywhere you have a fat tissue, there's most likely an estrogen there. So that risk, unfortunately, still uh, continues. My first uh, mammogram actually was last year. Oh, okay. I was a little nervous, obviously, because it was my first time. Um, but I kept hearing from people who are survivors and, and, and folks who are family members of survivors, you gotta know as soon as possible. Yes. Get that mammogram. Yes. Early detection, does that, um, how does that affect maybe the treatment options if you catch it early? So, um, so we strongly recommend, I know you've talked about you know, the detection part of things. We do recommend starting your breast mammogram at the age of 40. Um, and yearly from yeah, I missed on. that. I didn't know that. That's okay. Because, and I, and, I, and I understand you missing that because there's been a lot of confusion about it. They'll tell you, oh, it's 50, but it's not 50. Mm -hmm. It is 40. We have an NCCN guideline, and that guideline recommends starting at the age of 40 and yearly. Mm -hmm. Actually, there are some studies out there that is good to get a baseline at the age of 35. So. Yep. I know people have a problem with that, but I, my strong recommendation is starting at 40. So 
if we found out early, so sometimes if you find out early, if you're doing your yearly mammogram, majority of the times the tumor size is pretty small. Mm -hmm. So that means you can be able to go to surgery. And if it's hormone positive, you might not even need a chemotherapy if the cancer is contained or if, you know, so there are different things we check and some patients do not need chemo, you know, and people run away from coming to get things done because everybody believes all cancers I'm are I'm going to have to get the chemo. No, yes. there are different ways of treatment now and we just want patients to just do the first part. Get your screen in, and if unfortunately something is found, then we'll talk about it. You come, and we'll address all the different things that can be done about it. It is not a death sentence, mm -hmm. so just come in and let's talk about it. What is your advice to someone who has gotten that diagnosis? Okay. So fortunately, you go to your mammogram, and they tell you there is something abnormal. They end up doing the biopsy, and it comes up, confirms breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Majority of the time, they send you to the surgeon, and then the surgeon will do the referral to the medical oncologist. Mm -hmm. So I, my recommendation is don't push to run to the internet. You know, I always believe, yes, knowledge is beautiful, but sometimes you might not know the right place to go, and that instills a lot of fear before you even come to us. So I will say, just wait till you see a medical oncologist, even your surgeon, but mm -hmm. at least wait to see a medical oncologist. We might know or be able to tell you more than the internet will tell you. Because I will go straight to the internet. <laughs> a lot of people do, it's, it's on your phone, so you're always exactly. asking Google or Siri, you know, hey, exactly. you know. But the problem is Google or Siri does not know your specifics. Right. They're just gonna give you the general stuff. And that general stuff might not apply to you. But when you come to the specialist, they can at least tell you, okay, this is yours. Okay, Keisha, you had the estrogen receptor positive breast cancer. It's less than one centimeter. Let's go to surgery. When you come back from surgery, then we'll tell you, hey, this is what this you might need. So just coming from the side of somebody that has an estrogen positive breast cancer, um, there's another um, antibody that we check for called a HER2, or a protein that we check for called a HER2. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's estrogen positive and is HER2 negative, usually we say go to surgery, so depending on the size of the tumor. Right. If the lymph node is not involved, we tell you to go to surgery. Once you go to surgery, that tissue is then taken for a special testing called an Oncotype DS testing. Mm -hmm. If that test comes back, if your score comes back low, you do not need chemotherapy. We usually just put them on anti-hormone therapy and watch them for about five years. Right. So, and then unfortunately, if the test comes back negative, that it comes back higher, mm -hmm. then that might be somebody we have to do chemo on. So you have to wait, find out what is specific for you because right. it's different for every patient. Right. No Google. <laughs> <laughs> no so. Google. You can find out later, and mm -hmm. we can tell you the resources to look at. Right. But hold off and scaring yourself. So what would you say, like, what can we as women do to maybe re reduce our risk? Can, can you reduce your risk? So the data is strong for some things. One of the importance is trying to eat a, be as healthy as you can. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, they're all anecdotal. They're not perfect. Mm -hmm. um, but the recommendation is trying to be as healthy as possible. Exercise is recommended. Um, unfortunately, there is some strong risk, which is obesity. And because, like we said before, estrogen is in any fat tissue you can find. So if we are able to decrease that, that might be a beneficial point for us. Well, Dr. Michi, thank you so much for coming by and talking to thank us about this. Thank you for having us. Very, very important issue. Um, I, I hope that 
a lot of women see our segment and and learn from it. Yes. So my take home for take anyone. Take the fear away. Yes. And learn from my it. take home is please get your mammogram. Um, early detection is the key, and brings about a cure. Um, as much as possible. So please take that seriously. Do annual mammograms from the age of 40, and we will be glad to take care of you, unfortunately, if we do find out that you have breast cancer. All right. And don't go. Welcome back. Well, today we all woke up to crisp, cool fall weather, perfect for a morning run. And if you enjoy an autumn jog and supporting a very good cause, the Heart of Texas Marine Corps League invites you to its 22nd annual Leatherneck Run on Saturday, November 4th. Here to tell us more about the race is the director for this year's Leatherneck Run. We have Ralph Getman. So thanks for coming by. We've talked to you in the past and all of your involvement in the community and now directing this one. And we're excited about this year's run too, for sure. But tell us a little bit more uh, about yourself first and your military service. Well, I served in the Marine Corps and the uh, Marine Corps League is an organization for Marines and veterans people that served in the Marine Corps and we uh, raise money for mm -hmm. charities or yeah. for Marines, current Marines or uh, former Marines that are in need mm -hmm. and uh, the Leatherneck Run is uh, our main fundraiser. Yeah. And we said that the 22nd year for this Leatherneck Run, um, what can people expect when they show up to this event? Well, they can uh, expect a run, a 5k run sure. mm -hmm. or a 10k run. We have a t added a 10k run this year for mm -hmm. the uh, more serious runners, yep, yep, yep. and then we have a one-mile fun run mm -hmm. for kids or people or people mm -hmm. that just want to walk. So there's a wide range of uh, uh, opportunities for anybody just to get out and enjoy uh, that activity. And I know in years past there's also been a bit of a birthday celebration, right, with the well, cake. Tell us about that too. Uh, the, we coordinate the uh, Leatherneck Run around the uh, time of the uh, uh, anniversary of the Marine Corps, mm -hmm. and uh, we. Uh, Honor. We have a cake cutting ceremony, and what we do is uh, tradition. Uh, we honor the youngest marine in, in attendance and the oldest marine. The oldest marine cut the cake and then give it to the youngest marine, and uh, just it bridges bridges the gap of the uh, uh, you know ages of the Marine Corps, and yeah. the tradition continues. And that um, that's something that happens at the end of the run once it's over with. Is it kind of a, a kind of part of the celebrations afterward? It's over. Uh, we kind of have that before the run. Before so before it happens. Yes, okay, uh -huh. good. Okay, yeah. good. So that's the, the lineup of events there. Right. Um, and the run's being held at the same location as last year. So right. tell us where that is and how folks can sign up for that. And I believe we have a QR code on the screen, but we can we can go okay, through that. Okay, great. Yes, the uh, run has been has been for the last uh, three or four years at First Baptist Church in Woodway. Mm -hmm. Uh, in conjunction with the 84 runners, uh, runners uh, group out there, uh -huh. and uh, we appreciate them hosting us and uh, welcoming us out there. In addition, the Waco Striders will be timing the event. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and if folks want to sign up, what's the best way to do it? I, if you want to grab your, your phone and scan the QR code, you can do that, but for folks to get the website or whatever it is to sign well, up. Well, you can go on runsignup.com. It's a run sign up website and search Leatherneck Run and uh, the, it walk you through on how to sign up. And this is a family-friendly event, right? Anyone can come, because you have the fun run, too, in the fun oh, walk. Oh, certainly. So. Any, uh, we welcome all, yeah. like I said, all uh, yeah. families and talent, you know, mm -hmm. fast runners, walkers, everyone. I know that this, um, like you said, it's a fundraiser that benefits the Heart of Texas Marine Corps League. What else can you tell us about that organization and what it does and some of the specific things that the Marine Corps League benefits? Okay, well, the Marine Corps League, like I said earlier, uh, is uh, made up of Marines, mm -hmm. serving active duty Marines and former Marines, mm -hmm. Marine veterans. 
and uh, we exist to uh, the Marine Corps League and the organization to uh, uh, continue the traditions mm -hmm. and uh, fraternity of the uh, people that wore the Eagle Globe and Anchor. And then we're, like, like I said, we're here to assist Marines for any need that may arise, Marines and their family and, uh, and our other veteran yeah. groups that just may have a, have a need uh, arises. Yeah. And also, I know that there's a great partnership with you all and then the Toys for Tots org program. And so this is kind of the official kickoff to collecting Toys for Toys for Tots, right? Is that part of it as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, in conjunction with the, uh, of course, the uh, Waco mm -hmm. Reserve Training Center, mm -hmm. First Sergeant Olson, uh, you know, do the uh, mm -hmm. Toys for Tots. And uh, we, are, we are there just to support and kind of kick off. So can certainly bring a toy the day of the run and, it, it, and uh, we'll, find a, we'll find a place for that. Yeah, that's gonna be great. I, you know, I've worked in a lot of places across the country over the past 20 some years and I have never seen a Marine Corps League as active or strong as the one here in the heart of Texas Marine Corps League ever. What does it mean to you to have such a great um, organization there and the camaraderie and the bonds that you have, but also the good that you do? What does it mean to be a part of something like that? Well, as you, as you know, the Marine Corps motto is Semper Fidelis, always faithful. Mm -hmm. And so we uh, were certainly ready, all Marines were ready to serve their country and then, and then well, just that spirit of uh, service continues after you get out of the Marine Corps. So it just means a lot, we are an active group here. Yeah, and to know that this event, I mean, it kind of puts in people's minds, again, just the value of the, of the Marine Corps in general, and you do it every year. What is, that has to be kind of important, too, because you know, people remember the work that's been done, the sacrifices made. I'm sure that's a part of it as well, yeah? Well, it is, uh-huh. And like I said, we just uh, just continue to serve, and uh, and we exist for uh, for people that are in need. Yeah, for sure, and that's yeah. going to be great. It's, it, it is kind of like the signal that the holidays are coming because you're getting into that, and then of course a Veterans Day not too long after that, which will be happening later that's on right. in the month, just a few days from that. So we always appreciate you. It's good to see you again, sure for for sure as well. So thanks for coming and talking to us about this today. Again, we want to tell you it is the uh, you want to support the Heart of Texas Marine Corps League and the work that they do. Uh, again, you can sign up for the 22nd annual Leatherneck Run. It's Saturday, November 4th at 8 a.m. at First Baptist Church in Woodway, and you can sign up for the 5K, 10K, or the One Mile Fun Run or Walk, all of those things. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.